Okay, welcome one and all to the Track One Side One podcast. I'm your host, Gaz Jones. And uh, today's guest, well, he's a front man, he's a photographer, he's a badass theremin player, he's a flat cap wearer, always important, and has an incredible thirst for creating noisy and horrible and confrontational, obtuse music. And uh, his name is John Saunders, and uh, he's been a good mate of mine for over 25 years. And as you'll see, it's a cracker of a chat, and uh, John's choices of songs are predictably brilliant and cover all the genres. So uh, go on then, put the kettle on, and enjoy. And I'll speak to you again at the end. Cheers. I feel kind of basic today. Top five side ones, track ones. You are listening to the Track One Side One podcast with me, your host, Gaz Jones. Each week, a guest picks their five favorite album opening tracks, and we dissect, discuss, and debate each one. So let's put on our classics and have a little chat then, shall we? Okay, we're live. Um, joining me, uh, my guest this week is uh, John Saunders. How you doing, mate? I'm good, I'm good. How are you? Yeah, not too bad. Not too bad, sweet, thank sweet. you. Thanks ever so much for uh, being a guest on the podcast. Really appreciate it, mate. No, you're welcome. It's uh, always nice to have an excuse to look through the record collection and have a think about... Uh... <laughs> <laughs> exactly. Try and do a list of five things, which is always impossible. But yeah, that was well. That was kind of <laughs> going to be my first question, really. Before we start on your list, uh, I was wondering how hard was it getting it down to just five tracks? It's really hard because there were so many things to think about with this. It's not like your favorite album or your favorite group or your favorite song. It's your favorite first track, and I feel like there's lots of artists that I really like, but their opening tracks are like so. There's loads of bands that I was just like, oh, I'd like to include that because I'm listening to loads of it at the moment, but their first tracks just aren't they're like my sixth favourite track on the album. It would be disingenuous, you know? So so there was that. And then there was just trying to represent the entirety of my musical taste, which is quite difficult. Wanting to have it sort of spread out so you don't just have loads of stuff from the 90s or loads, you know, trying to make it a bit eclectic. All right, without further ado, let's get in with your, your five tracks, mate. So what's your first track? Okay, let's go with, yeah, let's go with um, Fugazi mm. from their album Red Medicine. Do you like me? Which, <laughs> it isn't waiting room, but I'm not flattering on about waiting room. So, um, yeah, I, Red Medicine was the first Fugazi album I ever got. I bought it off the back of magazine reviews, probably in Metal Hammer and Kerrang, like live reviews and the reviews of that album. I thought I knew what punk rock was because I'd listened to Green Day and the Sex Pistols and the Ruts. <laughs> so, like, I was, you know... I was like, I know what punk rock is, and this is meant to be punk as fuck. I'll get this. It's meant to be amazing. Didn't really know the history of the band or anything, but yeah, it was cheaper than all the other tapes. I think that's the main reason I bought it from Parrot Records in Cambridge. I went and had a look at the cassettes, and most of them were like six or eight quid, and Red Medicine was four quid, so I could get that. And I think I bought, I might have bought Dead Kennedys at the same time, you know, or like a cheap bit of vinyl at the same time when mm. vinyl was going for like under a tenner. And it completely baffled me. The way this track opens with that kind of gnarly, almost like rehearsal room tape deck yeah, yeah, kind yeah. of putting, you know, like a jam room kind of tape. Mm. And then, you know, for the first kind of 30 seconds, ambient noise, and then straight into the snare drum riff. <laughs> yeah, you know, yeah, it's yeah, just yeah. like, wow. The cleanest guitars you've ever heard. Like yeah, the cleanest yeah, yeah, guitar yeah. tone you've ever heard. But so, like, he- but so heavy. Yeah, 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 yeah. So heavy. Yeah, I remember. I, I, well, I first the first listen I got was on the way home. 
in in the car with my mum. <laughs> I thought I didn't. I said I don't know if this is reasonable or not, but I'm you know can I put put my new cassette on? She was like, yeah. I just trying to listen to that above the noise of engines and trying to pick out and like not really being able to understand anything they're singing because I've never heard discordant music i would never heard people singing in that style before everything before i'd listened to was really quite melodic and punchy and we didn't have this sort of discordant rhythmic sort of style that fugazi had on mm. that album especially but yeah so it was definitely that track leading in i knew it was meant to be amazing <laughs> so i <laughs> yeah. persevered with the album yeah. so i wasn't sure that i liked it but i gave it i probably listened to it solidly for about a week and not listened to anything else which i haven't done with many albums but I just wanted to get my head around it. Mm. And that opening track was part of it because it started off so noisy. I was like, oh, I like this. I like this. Mm. And then when it got clean, oh, I don't know what this is. <laughs> it's not It's not anarchy in the UK or basket case, is it? It's like, you know, I don't know what this is. It's something a lot darker. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Way darker, way more complicated mm-hmm. and just way tighter. <laughs> yeah, yes. Yeah. And that yeah, bell that... as well, when that bell comes in. Yeah. Yeah, oh. Fugazi's rhythm section. When I, you know, you actually probably sit down and listen to Fugazi. For me, I, I, I can't speak for anyone else, but it's, if I really sit down and listen to, to a Fugazi album, especially the ones that I, I mean, I love them all, but the ones I really, really, really love, it's almost like I'm listening to them for the first time again. Yeah. Every time. It's crazy, man. That's that rhythm section. It kills me. Because <laughs> you, you saw Fugazi live, didn't you? Yeah, I did. I saw their penultimate gig at the forum. Came on. I think, I don't I, I don't remember what they talked, but they came on. Ian just talked some random shite about just being played. We were just tuning up. Uh, we'll play some songs soon. Uh, thanks to the support bands and just all this. And then they just kicked in and it was like, whoa, you don't have to be a salesman to sell this band. You just no. have to. I think there's a the live album, the first of those. It might be the last. I can't remember if it's the first or last, but they just talks about a meal they had at the spaghetti house and how everything was really nice. Thanks to oh, the right. Buff Medways and up coming. And thanks for everyone for coming out. And uh, we'll be ready in a minute. And then they bust into Brendan number one. And you're like, and it's, <laughs> it's so tight. It's like, it's yeah. just, you can't, you know, oh, we're going now. It goes into it. Yeah, it's not yeah, like, yeah. you know, first one of the first bands I saw was Skid Row and they all ran out on stage and made a big show of it. And you're mm. like, you kind of need it with that kind of music. But yeah, you know, yeah, yeah. Can just, they could be sitting there drinking tea for half an hour. Oh, we do yeah. a song. Oh, yeah. And you'll be like, your mind would just yeah, be blown away. Yeah, completely. Yeah. Before we go into the second track, mate, what are the characteristics that make a great opening track? Oh, it depends, man. I think it's tricky. I just think it, it's got to be, like, obviously it's a good introduction to an album. I think it's tempting. I think it's very easy to pick rock and roll bands because I think they tend to put their bangers up front. Yeah, they do, yeah. Which is yeah, which is a bit of a ballsy move if you think about it because if the rest of the album doesn't live up to it, you're kind of, you've shot your load first song. <laughs> you know, you've got, yeah. you've got to keep that pace up, you know? Mm. Yeah, just something that grabs your attention, something that sets the stool so you know, oh, I know what's going on with this. Just like a good song, man. It's just got to be a good song. Uh, so yeah, track number two, mate. Okay, uh, taking a bit of a turn on this one, I'd say. This this is by uh, Carol King off her album Tapestry from the 1971, uh, I Feel the Earth Move. Wonderful, wonderful choice, mate. I, I, <laughs> great, I, great tune. I was so happy when I saw this on your list. I was like, <laughs> oh my God, because it, it actually made me go back and dig out Tapestry. I haven't listened to Tapestry in a yeah. long, long time. It's like, it's like a best of, but it's not. <laughs> if you know what I mean, in the nicest possible way, there's yeah. so many. The, the album, it's like a... It's like a greatest hits. It's yeah, a, yeah. you know, it's, it's just a hit factory, hit off the, you yeah. know, it's incredible. And for me, it's all about that insistent piano groove, the way yeah. it starts. And it's just again, she's kind of put a banger up front with that one, but it's mm. not like 
it gets you excited to listen to the album. It's like, oh yeah, yeah, yeah. But and then the rest of the album can take you on the journey of like a slower ballad mm-hmm. and the sort of mid pace stuff. And like, yeah, it's really it's a it's a corker of an opener, I think, as well, in terms of having something at the start of a. And she's just great. I love her singing, so understated. Oh, completely, completely. That's, that's one of my favourite things about Carol King is nothing's forced. It's just her voice yeah. and she's just singing it. She's not trying to do any, you know, X Factor. Uh, she's not yeah. pushing anything, you know, and then like she's just singing really well. Mm. But she's not trying to, you know, thing is, I bet the thing... just letting the songs just. No, yeah, completely. I, to be honest, I, I, reckon she pro- I reckon she could do that. She's that talented, oh, yeah. but she just chooses not to because yeah. that's not yeah. her style. To be able to do it and go. No, it doesn't doesn't fit what I want to do. The catalogue of songs that Carol King wrote when she was an in-house writer in mm. the 60s, it's crazy. You know, We Used to Love Me Tomorrow, Pleasant Valley Sunday, The Locomotion, You Make Me Feel Like a Natural Woman. Woman, yeah. Uh, it's, it's crazy the amount of songs she wrote. You Got a Friend, that's obviously on this album. You know, just so many, just just almost like beyond famous songs. Do you know what I yeah. mean? It's those songs that every, you just know those songs yeah, from yeah, the yeah. day you're born, you know, it's, like you say, it's one of those albums that's kind of associated, I guess, with like, I don't know, dinner parties and housewarming gifts from the early seventies. Yeah. Do you know what I mean? It was just one of those albums. I think that was omnipresent in every, I don't know, young married couples record collection. In yeah. The early but I, I tell you what, mate, no one in 30 years time is going to be talking about the Mumford and Sons debut. <laughs> <laughs> like the way we are talking about tapestry, you know. That's very, that's uh, very, yeah, that's very true. I like, yeah, I, yeah. The songwriting is so rich, and just just the the depth of the music and mm-hmm. the instrumentation on it, mm-hmm. that everything's just perfect. And it, it just, is. yeah, it's perfect. Much like it just feels natural. And nothing on that album feels forced. Cracking choice, mate. Here's a question for you: Is the intro as we know it, like when we were first obsessing over music, like when we both went fully in on music and our luck, like, yeah, yeah, early yeah. to mid teens? You know, is the intro something do you think that's been lost in the digital age? Is like all the distractions that you know kids have. To me, it seems that you know artists like I don't know, pick insert artists here, Dua Lipa or something like that, for example, right? Where like you, you hear these songs and the chorus is usually in the first ten seconds of the song. It yeah. seems like they have to grab you, otherwise they're like, no, click. Yeah. Board. I'll be honest, I don't really listen to any mainstream music now because you don't have to. <laughs> you know, it's not like I'm no. still watching Top of the Pops to see no, what the no, kids no. are into. It's not. No. So it's kind of hard for me to comment. All I can say is the music that I hear now that my nephews like to listen to, like, I, it's, it all sounds the same and it's all fucking awful. Mm. Like, it just, it's just, I find it uninspiring. And it, yeah. it's like, I know the thing's been, I've seen documentaries about it being leveled at American country music. Is that mm. you could probably take two of those songs, put them together, and you'll get the same of like, spikes on the on the way. It, they all follow exactly the same. Yeah, there's stuff out there that's great. Obviously, there was, there's always stuff out there that's great. I think there's there's always great music available. But yeah, you might be right. I mean, most of the stuff I listen to is very the opposite. I'd say it's quite. Um, do you, do you think it's something that's been lost in I mean uh, to me it certainly seems to have been lost in kind of mainstream music I mean you think think back to I think of any example Shine On Your Crazy Diamond for example yeah, yeah, or yeah. Bohem- you know Bohemian Rhapsody something that's six seven minutes long even if stuff is getting I mean stuff like in terms of an epic song uh, it's still getting written today but it seems like radio and things like that it's all about that instant hit and i think that's a real shame yeah yeah you don't no, have I to kind of i don't know kind of have to work with it or you know that music doesn't take you on a journey or you well, know i think i think that not working for it is quite yeah i think that the advantage of modern technology and the, the internet age is that one you can be into everything like you don't have to be just a punk or just a metaler 
you no. can you can like everything like those boundaries have gone and i think that's a really good thing if you want to yeah. get into something and you've heard about it you can go and find a blog or you can go and find a spotify mm. playlist and you can instantly just you've got everything there in front of you and i think for that in that sense it's quite good but i worry that that just makes it more disposable disposable is the perfect word for it like, really. so like when i listened to that fugazi i might have listened to it for about a week before it started making sense to me there's plenty of other albums like converge was the same when i first listened mm. to them what's your third track mate we're talking about uh, not bothering with intros. <laughs> yeah. uh, it's So What by Miles Davis off Kind of Blue from 1959. Now, yeah, I don't exactly. love jazz. Right? I'm not, I'm not, as you can tell, I've picked the Smells Like Teen Spirit of jazz. Yeah. <laughs> I've picked, <laughs> I, I've picked the, the, the song that everyone knows. But it's such a good song and it's such a good opener and it's 10 minutes long. There's not many bands that stick on or artists that put a 10 minute track up at the start of the album and just go, there it is. There's a reason that it's, that it's the smells like Teen spirit of jazz though. There's a reason because it's incredible. (laughs) Some people might get a bit sniffy and go, Oh, it's so obvious. It's like, and it's perfect. There's a reason that kind of blue is the biggest selling album in terms of jazz. You know, yeah. by far and away, millions, multi-million selling album, you know, and still sells now. And there's a reason for that, because it's bloody incredible. incredible. You yeah. know, this was this was the song that got me into jazz. Yeah, it yeah. just was, because it's, it's very easy to get into. And um, it's simple, it's catchy, it's melodic. It kind of borders on classical music at times, especially with that op- those opening kind of mm. piano chords are so beautiful. Yeah. And then it goes into the bass. Do, 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 do. And it's just, and, you, yeah. and then you're <laughs> yeah, in. Yeah. yeah. Do you know, the thing is, right, it, as soon as it gets to that bit, you know, I, I dare you not to pull that face. Go, <laughs> You can't help it. It's, you know, it's, the older I get, the more I realise that I, I genuinely love jazz music. But uh, like we were talking about earlier with Fugazi, that we're putting in the miles putting yeah. in the work to get it i think I, I, it, it's more it's just so daunting like there's so much music that i already like that i feel like i've not yeah. got enough records for so like I, i'm into it but i'm also like it's daunting it I've is daunting Cannibal yeah. Abney and like obviously mingus and stuff but it is yeah. if we were making a jazz soup or a jazz stew kind of blue would be the stock mm. you know yeah, no, completely, <laughs> completely. That's an amazing analogy. That's, that's incredible. That was uh, your choice number three. Do you still enjoy listening to albums from start to finish? Um, yeah, I do. I mean, most of the stuff I listen to now is kind of um, kraut, prog, weird Britannia noise stuff. So and and sort of DIY punk stuff. So yeah, I always listen to albums. Yeah, all the way through, pretty much. Yeah, I'm I'm old school like that. I don't know if that's a generational thing or there was a period in my life, uh, I don't know, maybe 10, 15 years ago when I, I first got like a, you know, an MP3 player. Yeah. yeah. And I, yeah, I, I just stuck it on shuffle for about five years. You know, <laughs> I didn't really listen to an album on it on, on the whole until I, 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 I can't remember what stopped me. I, I, it, I don't know if it was maybe seeing, you know, I'll tell you when it was actually, I think it was when, uh, as a result of your generosity, actually, when uh, me and a friend of mine went to go and watch the Flaming Lips. Oh, yeah, yeah. And the Alley Pally, whenever that yeah, was. Yeah. God, I don't know, seven, eight years ago. Yeah. Um, yeah, and, and also, you know, every band that day were playing an album from start to finish. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And I think it was, I, I went home that night, and the following day, I listened to Dinosaur Junior Bug and the Soft yeah. Bulletin, Flame yeah. Lips, from start to finish. It's the first time I'd listened to Soft Bulletin in a long time. And I think, to be honest, I think that was the night that made me fall back in love with an album as an actual thing. Yeah, I think you know, the thing with me is like... I always want something for my mood that I'm in. 
whether I want to change my mood or keep the one I'm in or wallow or whatever it is. And so I know what albums I like for that. So, for instance, when I've been out cycling or running recently, the second Idols album, Joy is an Act of Resistance, that's a fucking great exercise record. Mm-hmm. Like, you've got to take, you've got to take the track about yeah. his, uh, his daughter's shoes out of it. Because yeah, <laughs> yeah. that's, that's a downer yeah. when you're, you're hitting your 5K. But, like, yeah, when you're outside, yeah. right, it's such a good album because it's so optimistic and uplifting. Mm-hmm. You put that on and you go running. There's nothing like, like running or cycling fast whilst yelling, I'm scum. It's a great... Yeah. <laughs> you know, you know, it's just so life-affirming album. So it's a great... It feels like that, that album pushes along. So, and, like, the same with the jazz. If I'm walking at night, I'll put that on because I want that atmospheric yeah, yeah. mood and I know which album I want to get it on or I'll go oh I haven't listened to this in a while so yeah I do I do I do listen to albums I don't really I don't really listen to compilations or playlists much anymore I mean I don't really no. commute that far anymore no, so I tend just no. to play play CDs and vinyls at home I don't really put stuff on on shuffle or do unless someone sent me something of you know or in fact last year there were loads of good compilations that um, small record labels have put out and you're raising money for, for various things. So yeah, yeah, I got yeah. I got a lot of them. What's your fourth track, mate? Fourth track is uh, by PJ Harvey of uh, her best album, in my opinion, uh, Rid of Me. And it's the track Rid of Me from 1993. Her highest charting UK album. Yeah, I, I was surprised at that. I thought that would be mm. uh, Let England Shake. I thought that, or Stories from the City. I yeah, no, no. This is when Hype Machine was in overdrive. Oh, that's true, actually, is the height of her grunge. Sort yeah, because I, I remember, I think it was in... I, don't know, it was, I think it was the 93 Brit Awards. She did that duet with Bjork yeah. before this album came out. They did Rolling Stones cover, wasn't it? Satisfaction? Yeah, it? Satisfaction. Yeah, amazing that is, cover. I always thought Devo did the best cover of Satisfaction nope. until I saw those two nope. doing it. I was just like, no, that's no, no. incredible. Yeah, it's amazing. Yeah, it's go incredible. on YouTube and watch that now and then come back and listen to the rest of this podcast. Yeah, exactly. Incredible. Yeah, blow your minds. Because uh, I, I actually, I hate the original. I hate, I, I, I like the Rolling oh, okay. Stones. I, I hate Satisfaction. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> Bit of Stones, man. It's quality. But I've all, even when I was younger, I was just like, nah, Satisfaction's rubbish. <laughs> yeah, I, was, I was just like, yeah. I was like, nah, it's rubbish, mate. I mean, the riff's yeah. all right, but yeah, yeah the, yeah. the verse is really cheesy. Uh, so anyway, it's in about the Stones. Let's talk about PJ Harvey. Yeah, yes. yeah, um, yeah. Steve Albini's production. Yeah, one of one of his very yeah. best, one of his very best productions, I think. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. Yeah, but, yeah it yeah. fits. It fit. that album is so dark and dirty yeah. and nasty yeah. and mean. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, it's just I just got well I mean I I sort of missed PJ Harvey back in the 90s really I didn't really Mm. get into it till Stories from the City Stories from the Sea come out which is kind of a very polished PJ Harvey and kind of quite I think I heard her on Murder Ballads before that actually but it was um it's quite inoffensive rock music really Mm. it's not like it's great I love that album but it's 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 rid of me's kind of like uh, I guess it's comparable to Manic Street Preacher's Holy Bible and it's that album that is just dark and just so full of menace. When I listen back to the album, I've always wanted like a sludge band to do a cover of it, mm-hmm. the whole album, start mm-hmm. to finish, or a really just heavy, dirty band, and just to sort of like I think it would sound great. Those songs would sound great from a sludge band yeah. playing them. And with rid her, of me, yeah, with her singing it. Okay. Yeah, yeah. Or even <laughs> if it's just, you know, with anyone just grunting the lyrics, I still yeah. think it would sound good because it's so menacing. That track is, what is it, three minutes? Yeah, three and a half minutes, yeah. yeah. It's the, first, short, the first two minutes and 30 mm-hmm. seconds is basically her whispering and a muted guitar line, yeah. pretty much. And you're like, ooh. I actually, I think, take tell a lie, first time I heard Pete was Basketball Diaries and it was uh, that big fish, little fish. 
Down by the water. Down by the water. That was mm. the first time I'd heard mm. that. Yeah. But yeah, she was um, that track. You just put that on, and it's like, oh, this is a bit more subdued. And then when it kicks yeah. in, yeah. Whammy, yeah. when that riff kicks in, it's yeah. just yeah. And it's per that's perfect Albini production, I think, because yeah. it's yeah. it's just loud enough, and it's yeah. it just fills it enough and feels natural enough without it feeling forced because i think it's the, the, the loud quiet dynamic was so au fait but the the quiet 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 quiet, quiet, quiet really quiet. loud for like a yeah, minute yeah. <laughs> yeah it's it's the for me this song is the ultimate example of tension and release oh, yeah. being but the tension being like two minutes long yeah and it, it just holds you and holds you and then all of a sudden that explosion yeah. And then, which leads to the the last ten seconds of this song with the whole "lick my lips, I'm on fire." I, 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 I don't think I've ever heard a more menacing end to a song. Yeah. Uh, your legs look fine. That's right. She. Yeah, yeah. I, I think what also sells it is her voice doesn't get more aggressive. It just gets no. an higher pitch. Yeah, 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 yeah. Completely. It's crazy. Which is <laughs> amazing. And it mm. just like when that noise comes in, it's not. I don't think there's many artists that would not shout it. Or try and put that exactly. aggression. Yeah, yeah, yeah. They go full on Courtney Love rage. Yeah, yeah, yeah. 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 And, like really shout it. And, and it's kind of, it's fairly restrained from her. And I think that makes it even more menacing and even more like, oh, you're in control of this. <laughs> like you had, this isn't you losing control. This is you being pissed off and in control. And it's like, yeah. Yeah, it's a great song. And a great open. And it, if you want a track that sets stall for an album... Yeah, that isn't a, like an out and out banger, mm. like an out and out sort of like you know, dance floor filler. It's really big. Cracking choice, mate. Just wanted to quickly say that um, obviously we can't play any of these songs on the on the podcast because of the uh, the copyright police. But w- what I will be doing uh, with with each episode, I'll be doing an a accompanying uh, Spotify playlist. Uh, so you can check these songs out and peruse at your own leisure. Um, to be honest, mate, it's a cracking playlist so far. Should you talk about your final track? I'll let yeah. you name it because I'm still struggling to name the artists well, for this one. Do you know what? I've never heard their names actually said, so I'm just going to guess it. Do it. <laughs> as do uh, it. Mobius, Plank and Neumeyer. Uh, it's the track called Speed Control, and it's the first song off of Zero Set from 1983. And it's an absolute gem of a track. It's mm-hmm. it's one of my favourite songs I've heard in the last sort of five years. I don't think there's much that, that can sort of has piqued my interest more than hearing that song on a it was an electronic sounds magazine compilation and it had mm-hmm. that track on it. Wow. I think it was a Krautlock compilation. I think that might have been the first track on that compilation as well. But I just <laughs> put it on. I was like, Ooh, that's a nice wobbly synth and then the drums mm-hmm. kick in and it's like, Oh, this mm-hmm. is this is great. Uh, it was just, I've been sort of getting a bit into kraut rock and electronic music and, and then that sort of style, but I'd never heard of these guys at all. And yeah, it blew my mind. And then I think I got the album bought for me as a, as a gift and just the whole album's great. But this track is, yeah, it's still my favorite song on this album as well. But was, yeah, I don't uh, know. What, how would you, how would you describe it? Cause I know you, I don't think you'd heard it before. I No, I, I hadn't. It. Yeah. When you sent over your five tracks, uh, this was the one I was just like, I knew there'd be something in there that I yeah. hadn't heard, you know, and, and but I also knew it was going to be good. <laughs> uh, so quick YouTube search later, literally within 10 seconds, especially with the drums. Yeah. Bear in mind, they're live drums. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Live drums. For God. Crazy. You know, 1983. 1983, for goodness sake. Banging you know, out some proto-techno. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. It, it, <laughs> you know, like polyrhythms and African beats and the yeah. tom work. And it's like... It was kind of like crap rock hits the dance floor. 
Yeah, I, you know, I think the, the thing for me as well is when I think of 80 synth, I think of really cheesy. Yeah, no, completely, especially like, that really eerie. thin sounding. Mm. Yeah, sort of. But that sounds the so rubs fat. they get on that track. Yeah, yeah I, <laughs> it's like it's it's crazy. When I, I you know, so I, I I fell in love with it. I listened to it and I listened to it again and then I listened to it again the third time. I played it to my girlfriend. I was like, "You've got to check this out." It's unbelievably like the, the crack rock thing is, is is a route i've wanted to go down for a while but like you were saying about jazz earlier i have found it a bit a bit daunting obviously yeah. i know i know noi and faust and things like that you know that's cool man i love noi and and and, and obviously you know knowing that you know like bands like joy division and more you know especially new order yeah they were you know they were taking bits from this oh, and absolutely. you know putting their own you know especially yeah. i mean when i heard this i was just like yeah i think i i, I think i think they listened to this album a lot yeah. in like 82 83 we you know when yeah, they were yeah, making yeah, yeah. blue monday and stuff around yeah. that sort of time you know but you know the fact it's nearly 40 years old and it still sounds absolutely fresh as a daisy i mean yeah. i mean i mean these three you know these three guys have they done anything was this just like a side project or i think this is the only thing they've done as those three i think um i sent you a track he did with eno i think that might have been with newmeyer mm. as well yes it was. Yeah, yeah yeah so i think maybe it's newmeyer have done stuff together but yeah i don't know i haven't really dug much deeper than this album um, with those guys too much yet I just know that this I feel like anything else I play <laughs> as good as this album is so yeah uh, yeah, yeah. yeah I know yeah. I should I should do some more digging my my main issue is I'm terrible at um I don't really stream music and I don't mm. really like downloading stuff so I tend just to buy it so mm. if it's not if I can't find it to purchase on vinyl <laughs> or uh, or cd I, I normally I don't hear much other stuff i'm not someone that will hear something really like it and then go down a, a internet rabbit hole and mm. find all the stuff i just find that a bit overwhelming as well so um, yeah, i i kind of admire that i i kind of like that kind of rigidly old school kind of way you know i kind of i'd, I'd love to say that i don't do that but i do i <laughs> yeah, regularly yeah. go down especially because it's just kind of there and convenient I sometimes miss the days of old, like when when you had like uh, you know house parties and you come down the following morning, and you'd spend the next three hours matching CDs up to CD boxes, <laughs> like your John. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> but it's just not. It's, I like it as well because I find a lot of stuff just through recommendations from people that I know. Like, yeah, no, totally, oh, this totally. is really cool. So that's really nice. I mean, that's how I've got, I've gotten into Ivor Cutler last year through that, and that was really cool. He's he's <laughs> he's good value, but yeah. But I like finding music like that. It makes it feels a bit more personal. I feel like I don't oh, completely. give stuff a, a, as much of a listen if I'm if I'm just flooded with it as well. I just don't. No, no, so yeah, yeah, you, yeah, you, you do lose that emotional connection. I think with a certain piece of music, it, you know, it's, it's that whole thing of like that emotional connection you have with that one tangible yeah. thing in your hand, be that a CD, a vinyl, tape, whatever, or your computer screen where you've got access to thirty million yeah. songs. At the touch of a button, you know it's um, it's finding it's, it's finding that balance. I mean, I mean, do you like obviously pre 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 pandemic? We are recording this uh, in the middle of lockdown number eighty four. Yeah, yeah. So, yeah. <laughs> do you miss going to record shops? Yeah, I do. Mm. Yeah, I went. The only times I've been into town since this whole thing started over a year ago was to buy records and comic books. <laughs> yeah, same. <laughs> same. The only reason I was yeah, like, yeah, I'm gonna, I'm gonna go to OK Comics in Leeds, and I'm gonna go to Music's um, Noise is for Heroes, and uh, possibly Crash and Jumbo, and buy some records. 
Yeah, I do miss record shops. And it's one of the nice things actually about moving up here is that where I was in London, there weren't, I mean, there's record shops in London, but I I was living a fair bit out then. And there aren't the, like the local record shops, if you're not in the centre, just aren't there. So it's quite nice to have, when we come back to it, it'll be nice to have those places to go to and to do a bit of crate digging, especially yeah. especially some of the secondhand places as well. Well, John, that's an absolutely cracking list, mate. Thank you ever so much. Uh, you got well, five okay. brilliant songs. I hope you enjoyed it, mate. That was brilliant. Thank you. Yeah, no, thanks for uh, thanks for having me. All right, nice one. Cheers, dudes. Take care. Cheers. See you soon. So there you go. Another cracking chat with some cracking song choices. Big thanks to John for taking the time out for uh, guesting on the show. For all you people out there, hope you enjoyed it. And who knows, maybe you discovered your new musical obsession. So take care of yourselves out there, and we'll catch up on the flip side. See ya. I'm feeling kind of basic today. Top five side ones, track ones. You've been listening to the Track One Side One podcast with me, Gaz Jones. Give us a follow on all the social medias at Track One Side One Podcast to keep fully up to date with all future episodes and guests where there will also be links to Spotify playlists that will accompany each show. So please check them out. And I'll see you soon.